GM, I'm Matthew Diemer, and this is GM from Decrypt. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Good morning. Here we are. It's Monday, February 13th, 2023. And you're waking up this morning. Somehow the Eagles beat the Chiefs. We're in a balloon war with China, as China is accusing the United States of illegally flying 10 balloons in the Chinese airspace this past year, as we're shooting down balloons all over the place. It's weird. But thanks to Stephen Graves, writer from Decrypt, we also have some good news that there are adaptations of FTX and SBF story in the works. There's a lot of them, actually. The first one was by Michael Lewis, who did Moneyball, Big Short, and who's been following around SBF for like months talking to him and then he gets arrested and so that's gonna be a big one there's an untitled amazon prime ftx drama that's going to be directed and written by joe and anthony russo the guys behind marvel's last two avengers films we have an untitled graham moore project you know from the oscar winning writer of the imitation game which is a damn good movie we have a new york magazine documentary and after all of those we have one coming from decrypt as well yes decrypt is producing a feature-length documentary of the rise and fall of FTX. So we have to keep an eye out for those. But, you know, the only thing we really want, I don't really care about all of these other ones. What I just want to see is Jonah Hill as SBF, directed by Martin Scorsese. You know, Martin Scorsese, he did The Wolf of Wall Street. Do it the same way. (laughs) Just make it brutal. Make it honest. That's what we want to see. Oh, by the way, speaking of Decrypt's Stephen Graves, did you know he was like a filmmaker himself? a director a writer so he made a short sci-fi film which was actually pretty good it was called a stitch in time the link to that film that short film is in the show notes he sold it to dust if you guys don't know dust dust is pretty cool it is a um sci-fi shorts channel on youtube they have a lot of good stuff by independents just creatives that uh, that make cool movies anyway check it out link is in the show notes now let's check out those crypto prices And the time is 9.19 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have Bitcoin sitting at $21,620, down a percent in 24, or 5.3% in 7. Ethereum is down 3% in 24 at $1,482, or 8.9% in 7. Tether's number 3, Binance is at 290, down almost 6% in 24, or 11% in 7. And USDC is number 5. Rounding off the top 10, we have XRP, BUSD, Cardano, Doge, and Matic. Matic sitting at 117, down 10% in 24. I thought this was the bull, everybody. I thought this was the bull. <laughs> this is what everybody was saying. I am still saying that the bottom is not in. And it, I could be wrong. I'm not, this is not financial advice. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just putting a little moisture on my finger, putting it up in the air, seeing which way the wind is blowing. 
The total market cap is down 2.2% in 24. It's under a trillion dollars, just barely though. It's at 996.8 billion. We have a BTC dominance of 41.8 and an F dominance of 18.2. And in some other crypto or crypto related news, PayPal held around a half a billion, over half a billion dollars in crypto in Q4, according to the reporting. They held around $294 million in Bitcoin and $250 million in Ethereum. And our good friend, Kathy Wood, and her ARK Invest, they bought around $20 million in Coinbase stock since January. Coinbase stock is sitting around $57, down from its all-time high this year of $81, but up from its low of $35.36. I bought it at $36, but that's me dollar-costing averaging down. I think it was a genius because I bought it at that price, and it just went up from there, but now we're back to $57. But also remember, I'm the guy who aped into it right after the IPO and bought, I think, I bought it for like, what, 200 and something dollars. I tried a dollar cost average. I thought it was a genius getting it at 140. It kept on dropping. So, yeah, you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. You just got to keep buying and just throw your money away at something, right? <laughs> Again, not financial advice. The reason why I tell you about what I buy and what I sell is because I like transparency because I really don't care. I mean, we all make mistakes. I think one of the biggest things that we don't do as a society among family members, among friends, is just talk about openly about finances, decisions that you're making financially. And that's like, why are you taking retirement? How much money do you have in retirement? How are you going to balance your budget? How are you going to spend? How are you going to save? Uh, how are you planning for retirement? And so my one of my frustrations in life is, is like you're at a certain age, but you don't know how like everybody else is planning at that age as well. So it's like I'm 43, for example. I can Google what's the average, you know, everybody has in the bank or how they're planning for retirement. But I really don't know. Like, where do you stack up? Like, are you doing good? Are you doing bad? Um, and this isn't a competition. You just have to know, like, how everybody else is doing. Are you ahead of the game, behind the game? Uh, are you going to be prepared? I mean, what is prepared, really? $10 million in the bank? Is it 500000 Like, you, we don't know. You know, so it's like, obviously, $500,000 retirement is probably not enough. But a lot of people don't even get there, right? So, like... The, the conversations that we're not having makes us all weaker, right? And if we're sharing more information about our finances, about our mortgages, about our interest rates, about our savings, about our retirement, about our, our you know investing plans, I think we would all just get smarter at it. And so, of course, I'm not going to come over here and just you know tell you everything about my finances, but I'm going to tell you about my buys and sells when I make them, so you know that hey, this guy's messing up too, or hey, he came out ahead, or hey, you know, you can just compare with you know a group of people and people email me all the time saying hey Matt I did this too or I bought this I sold this I took a loss I, I made a gain you know and that's how we all learn is just to understand like the markets to understand the behaviors to under learn from each other anyway that's why I tell you there is my little ranch spiel this morning that you did not ask for let's get into those headlines Moving into those headlines, Nouns is an open source intellectual property based around a series of NFTs on Ethereum, and they're expanding into TV with the Nouners, an animated series for adults. Nouns, they were made by using the Creative Commons license, so anyone could tap into the IP and create a project like this without the DAO's approval. It's fully open sourced. But in this case, for the TV show, the DAO approved a $15,000 request to fund the pilot episode. Yes, there is a pilot episode, and do you want to watch it? Well, you can, but if you do, you're going to have to buy an NFT, an NFT pass. It costs around five bucks. Is it worth it? Who knows? I've never seen it yet, but it's an 11-minute episode. Heard it was kind of meta, 
Proto's kind of adult, you know, so there's gonna be drugs, sex, and profanity and all kinds of stuff, but if you wanna spend five dollars to go watch it, check it out. Let me know if you do. I'm not gonna watch it, but let me know if you do. <laughs> Matthew Aaron at Crypt.co. The SEC is reportedly taking aim at the owner and issuer of the world's third largest stablecoin, BUSD or Binance USD. And the Security and Exchange Commission plans to sue the crypto brokerage Paxos for issuing and listing BUSD stablecoin without registering it as a security. I have no clue how a stablecoin would be a security. I, I mean, I understand their arguments when it comes to staking, but a stablecoin? We're going to talk about staking in a minute, by the way. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. So Paxos confirmed that it was going to halt the minting of BUSD and would end its relationship with Binance for the stablecoin. It also made assurances that the existing BUSD tokens are fully backed and will be redeemable for at least a year. You know, I just think this whole thing is interesting that people have found out in the digital era, the modern era, how to make their own money, their own currency. And well, you see that the governments are just clamping down and saying, no, 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 we can't do this. But there's been many different kinds of currency in the United States. And there is an era called the free banking era. And it lasted between 1837 and 1866. Okay, so wait, let's just look at the different kinds of money the United States had so far. Continental currency was 1775 to 1790. The Texas dollar was part of it. Confederate currency, 1861 to 1864. Demand notes, 1861 to 1917. National bank notes, which was redeemable for gold, 1863 to 1935. Silver certificates, which was redeemable for silver. Uh, from 1878 to 1963, and now we have our Federal Reserve notes from 1913 to present. You know, another thing I really think is interesting about this whole story is that the people creating their own currency isn't something new. It's always existed. People, for some reason, couldn't be part of the banking system, couldn't have access to credit. Uh, there's persecution in, in this one case, I'm going to tell you in a minute, which I think is the most interesting. Uh, there's persecution for religious re reasons. There is, um, you know, racism. You know, there's many reasons why people were not able to access funds, access banks, access loans, access credit, access, you know. And because of these things, people have said, no, you know what? I'm just going to start my own bank, make my own money. And I think that's just so interesting, especially with this one. Joseph Smith and his associates, we know it's Joseph Smith of the Mormon Church. They decided to start their own bank to solve their financial wars. They were leaving New York because of persecution. They came over to Kirtland, Ohio. And while they were in Kirtland, Ohio, building their temple and starting the Mormon Church. Well, okay, the Mormon religion and church started somewhere else, but it actually got its establishment and foundation here in Ohio. What they did is they're going to make their own banks because they were having money woes. And mostly because they were a new religion. They were persecuted by people and religious and they were looked down on and so what they did is i said we're going to make a bank and so they collected money from investors and they started printing notes of the kirtland safety society bank and with the state of ohio they applied to be a bank and ohio said nah and so but instead of shutting down the operation when the charter failed to come through they doubled down on the bank and they were worried about legal risks of running an unchartered bank so the church leaders altered the notes to read anti-banking company 
This seems familiar, huh? For a while, it all went well. Kirtland bills were safe as gold, as they said. They said, these bills are safe as gold. And because of this, Kirtland, Ohio boomed. This isn't even the first time that the Mormon church made their own money, trying to think outside the box, play outside the system. When they established in Salt Lake City, they started minting Mormon gold coinage. And it consisted of privacy-issued tokens, which the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints made from 1848 to 1860. They were issued in $2.50, $5, $10, and $20 denominations. And so the reason why I'm telling you this is because, you know, we think that this is like a new thing where people are trying to access capital or trying to think outside the box or outside of the current institutions because the, either the institutions aren't helping certain individuals or marginalized groups or there's fuckery that we can totally see plain as day. So they're like, hey, I don't want to be part of this. I want to make my own thing. This is not the first time this happened. And so stable coins, Bitcoin, Litecoin or any shit coin that you want to put in there is just a continuation of something that people have always tried to do. I think that's interesting. And finally, there's a lot of stake on how Kraken's settlement with the Securities and Exchange Commission plays out for the crypto industry. Remember, last week the SEC announced that Kraken's going to have to pay around $30 million in fines for not registering the offering and sale of its crypto assets staking as a service program. Coinbase's founder and CEO, Brian Armstrong, tweeted on Sunday that the company's staking services are not securities and said, We will happily defend this in court if needed. So staking is when a cryptocurrency hodler stake their coins, and they agree to lock them up for a period of time in order to help keep the blockchain running, and in exchange, they receive rewards. Coinbase's chief legal officer told Decrypt that Kraken was essentially offering a yield product. Coinbase's staking services, he says, are fundamentally different and not securities. He said that staking fails the Howey test, because there's four elements in the Howey test. There is the investment of money, common enterprise, reasonable expectation of profits, and the effort of others. And he wrote that the purpose of the securities law is to correct for imbalances in information. But there are no imbalances of information in staking, as all participants are connected on the blockchain and are able to validate transactions through a community of users with equal access to the same information. That seems like some lawyer gobbledygook. So he wrote this in a blog. He said that staking is not an investment because the staker isn't giving up one thing to get another. They own exactly the same thing they did before. As for expectations of profits, he says, that rewards are simply payments for validation services provided to the blockchain, not a return on investment. This is kind of hard to argue, in my opinion, because remember, when you're talking about staking rewards, you're talking about APY, or annual percentage yields. You're actually getting a return on an investment. Anyway, so my whole take on this is, I said it in the past, that we're moving to a meta-currency reality, where these digital on-chain assets could either be a security and a currency, a commodity and an infrastructure, be taxed for capital gains, or not taxed at all. Like, these things do a lot of different things. So with these products, we need to look at how and what they're used for, and be flexible with what we know to be true in regulation. We have to try to start thinking outside the box because just because it was one way in the past doesn't mean it's going to be the same way in the future. We have to figure out how to classify these. And I understand we need to have taxes on investments and stuff like this because that's what, you know, the government gets the money from and then they put it into their pockets, aka military industrial complex and infrastructure projects. Um, I'm not getting political this morning. You are. (laughs) Anyway, um, look, we just got to be flexible because currencies... Uh, These digital assets are doing way more. I mean, you can tokenize the deed to your house, put it in an NFT, use the value to vote in a DAO or actually maybe 
make a system where you stake the value of your NFT deeded house to operate and validate the infrastructure of a system. I mean, <laughs> these things are getting absolutely wild and crazy, right? You can just sky's the limit. And so we have to not be limited with our idea of regulation and the way these things work. Thank you for listening to GM this morning. As you can see, I had a full pot of coffee this morning. If you have extra energy like I do, then use that energy and go over to Apple Podcasts. Like, subscribe, share, and leave us a great comment. And until tomorrow, happy hodling, everyone.